0: Welcome to the Humans of Real Estate, your weekly podcast chatting with real estate industry professionals. We bring you top performing individuals to showcase their knowledge and expertise in the business, to help others learn and grow. Here's your hosts, Kobe Clark-Jacobs and Emily Wallace. Bailey White is a name everyone needs to know. After joining the real estate industry in 2016, Bailey has well and truly gained a name for himself in the Mornington Peninsula real estate community. Bailey, being a local to the Peninsula, grew up with a strong passion for helping others and building lifelong relationships. His rapid rise in such a short time is an absolute testament to his skill set, having been a keynote speaker and winning several awards, including number one agent in Frankston and top 100 in Victoria. Bailey is a senior sales consultant for Nicholas Lynch, and we couldn't be more excited to have him on today's show. Welcome, Bailey.
1: Thanks, Kobe. Thanks, Em. Thanks for the opportunity.
0: Pretty
2: impressive that you've not been in the industry that long, um, but you've achieved a fair bit by the sounds of it.
1: It's been an action-packed three, yeah, three, four years now.
2: Yeah. Um,
1: yeah, wow. What a journey.
2: Yeah, awesome. So first and foremost, how, I know it's a cliche question, but how did you get into real estate? What was life before 2016?
1: Cool. So um, I came straight out of school into real estate by mistake. Um I've, I've always had a passion for cars. I love cars. Okay. Um, as a kid, and I've always loved keys as well. Don't ask me why. <laughs>
0: um, so so
1: it, it, it now makes sense that I'm in real estate. Um, but we, yeah, mum and dad sort of always bought and sold every five years, and I was always sort of in, in, involved in the transactional part of what they did. I really f- uh, sort of found that interesting. And then uh, Nicholas Lynch, who has always been a mentor, known me since I was crawling, he said, "Why don't you try real estate? Mm-hmm. Why don't you do something that you love?" That, you know, you therefore can afford the cars that you want. Don't work with it. I wanted to be a car salesman. <laughs> Actually, I'm not. Um, so I tried it and fell in love with it. I always remember it was nine o'clock on a Saturday night. I was driving his car, mail plates, um, just in heaven, driving the Porsche, and it was such a cool <laughs> time. And we sold a home at nine o'clock on a Saturday night, and and just the buzz and the energy that you got from that. I was like, wait, well, I want to do this. Yeah. Um, so I finished v- VCE. And then um, started my cadetship um, with Barry Plant Frankston, where I was there for two years, mm-hmm. um, and joined Nicholas in March this year.
2: Wow, that's yeah. pretty. That's pretty cool that you literally came out of school straight, yeah. hit the ground running.
1: Yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, and I think, um, yeah, I think starting at that young age really, um, yeah, I, I think that was really cool and just hopping straight into it. And I'm lucky that I love what I do.
2: Actually, just a question I have off the back of that because I know it's quite prominent in the industry of younger people yeah. starting and for anyone listening to this who's thinking about getting into real estate, maybe they're finishing school. First and foremost, have you ever seen your age as a barrier and second to that, how have you managed to overcome that?
1: It's a good question. I get asked it a bit. Um, not really. Mm. Um, it, it, like At the end of a transaction, it often comes up and the people go, oh, we've been thinking about it. How old are you? Mm. And I tell them, "I go, what? No way. <laughs> um, but, but I think if, if you... What's the saying? People don't people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Mm. Um, so I think having that personal connection with people, it, it's like it's it's almost not even a question mm. until the end out of curiosity. Mm. So I haven't. I'm fortunate that I haven't actually had it as a barrier. Um, for example, in a listing presentation. Yeah. Um. I think you know if if you care and, and you know, and you know what you're talking about, it, people don't care how old you are. They just want the job done. Mm. Um. And I think you know, beneficial in some ways because people want the, the young energy and the enthusiasm, and um, so it's probably helped me in that way too.
2: Yeah, awesome. but, I, but I think,
1: I'm not sure if I still am, but I don't think there are any many agents that are younger out in sales in, in my marketplace. Mm. Um, there might be one or two, but, yeah, there's not many at all.
2: Mm. Awesome. Good on you. That's awesome. Thank you.
0: What is something that you wish you knew before joining real estate?
1: When I was looking at that question, I was really, really trying to think and I think I just wish I um, had known how much fun it was going to be. <laughs> it is so much fun. It's a lifestyle. It's not a job. Um but I think it's I think it's a, it's a career path that's very much practical. You got to do it to, to learn the ropes, and I mean, I don't, it's not very much a, um, a read and learn. I think you have just got to practice mm. what you do. Mm. So there's probably really nothing specifically that I wish I had known. I think it's definitely an industry that you've got to do before you know whether you like it. I think that's why there's so much turnover because yeah. it's not until you do the prospecting calls and do the long hours and and the sacrifices and that's when you really work you know when you want to do it or not.
2: Yeah, and that's not for everybody either. No, you know, no. Like it, it is to do it properly yeah. um, is quite grueling. Do you have any personal metrics around your output in terms of like what sort of activity you do during a week?
1: Not really. I'm, I'm a very unsporty person. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't have any sporting commitments, which is good. Yeah. Um, I, I keep active through the gym and um, that sort of stuff, but I don't have yeah I don't have any commitments like that that prevent me from doing a listing presentation at nine o'clock on a Thursday night mm. or. Getting up at six AM on a Saturday. Like I don't. I'm fortunate that I don't have any um commitments that prevent what I do.
2: Yeah, yeah. And would you say like when you look at what activities you do in terms of um, you know, whether you're prospect calling or you're texting or you're on social media, what do you think is is the best return on your time? What activity um, would be the best return of of people you know wanting you to come in and do an appraisal or you know have success in that sort of sort of space?
1: I think I think the calls, like our, our motto is you know, always be closing ABCDD. D. So it's always be closing and be a disciplined Doberman. Don't be Louis <laughs> the Labrador. I don't know if you've ever heard of those terms. Um, so I think when you're on the phone, you know, okay, someone might not want an appraisal today, but, you know, can I call you in summer? Um, have you got any rental properties? They um, can add you to our database newsletter. So I think whereas if you're doing a text message, I find that people, you know, the response rate is quite low. Mm. But when, you're, when you're on the phone, you can connect um, and at least get their permission to, to call back. Can I call you next quarter? Um, mm-hmm. Can I add you to our newsletter? Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, I, I, I do get a lot of um, value from calls.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. awesome.
0: With only being newer to real estate, how have you noticed that it has changed in the last three, four years?
1: Yeah, so when I when I first started, the market was hot. I remember um, one of my first open homes was a two-bedroom unit in Frankston and... Um, 38 degrees, my iPad stopped <laughs> and I had, you know, the front entrance was so small and I had people with prams and I was like, what is going on? It was so hot. Um, so the market was hot there and then obviously since then we've been through quite a few cycles. Um, so it's, it's been really inter- interesting to observe the cycles of what, what real estate can do and obviously this year with COVID, I mean, wow, what a, what a year. Mm. Um, and now to sit back and look at what the market did this year and um, so probably in terms of change, I think it's just been really interesting to see the cycles of real estate and, and, and how they've changed yeah. In terms of the market being really hot then cooling off and, you know, the Royal Commission and all the, all the hurdles that we hit last year and how we recovered and now what we're going through.
2: Yeah, so. yeah, definitely. It's one of those things that, you know, can be described as a roller coaster continually, that things are always changing um, in the market itself. Yeah. Um, and then I guess alongside that you also have industry trends as to, you know, what's the next best thing? How can we be different from another agency? Yeah. You know, how can we provide more value?
1: Always evolving, always bettering yourself as well.
2: Obviously, you know you entered after school. Um, you mentioned you don't have any sporting commitments, so you've got flexibility. <laughs> um, but how? What are your hobbies, and, and how do you keep a work life, life balance? Yeah,
1: I um, I, I love I love entertain I love, like I'm, I'm very much a family person. Um, so I love entertaining. I love hosting. I love doing dinners and going out for drinks, and um, and I love travel. Mm. Um, so you know, I don't I don't follow any sports particularly, but I just I love socialising with people, and I, I never I never turn off. Like you know our job is to talk all day and then, you know, and then talking outside of it as well. So <laughs> it's, it feels like it's never-ending. But, um, yeah, travelling, I love that. Um love eating out, dining, um, hosting people. And, yeah, that's, that's where I get enjoyment and, and I can really um, wind down in those scenarios too.
2: Mm. And that's super important too.
1: Yeah. 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 100%. Especially this year. I mean, like, it, although it seems like it's been a quiet year because we've been working from home, but what a mental roller coaster! Mm. Like I think more than ever we need a break now mm. and, and we're probably burnt out more than what, we ever have been mm. because of what we've been through this year.
0: Mm, totally agree with that. What have you found has been your proudest moment in real estate?
1: Um, proudest moment probably um, as you mentioned in the intro um, and thank you for those kind words was the awards that I won mm. last year um, so I was awarded the rising star for the agency or the group that I worked for previously which was huge for me I wasn't expecting it and um, yeah I was really proud of that um, and then the rate my agent awards I think yeah late last year so that was um agent for Frankston and in the top 100 for Australia for through Rate My Agent mm-hmm. um which was a huge um huge success for me and was really proud of that uh, but probably also um joining Nicholas Lynch um in March this year I mean huge leap and um yeah definitely the transitional experience was um a life lesson that I'll I'll with me forever and, and mm-hmm. taught me a lot uh, very grateful for for where I've come from and, and just so excited now for the for the future with um Nicholas Lynch and the company and um, so, yeah, for me personally, that was a, that was a massive undertaking and um, couldn't be more proud of how it's all worked out so far. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome.
2: So if we reflect back to the, the early days getting into the industry yep. and, you know, it's like any time in a new job, a new career, there's terminology to learn, there's, you know, the ways of doing <laughs> so things, many, yeah. there's a lot of new <laughs> elements – what what did that look like? What did your first couple of months look like? Did you have success straight off the bat? Did you have points in time where you were like, is this for me? How did that first sort of one to three months go for you in the industry?
1: Yeah, I certainly had, um, it was a very questionable period, I must say, like, you know, you're, you're working ridiculous hours. I mean, in my first months, I, I sort of started in summer, so I was doing letterbox drops and fire out. fire I got burned. <laughs> and I was like, is this, is this what I'm doing? Like, I don't, I don't want to do letterbox drops for, for, for my career. Like, what's going on? Um, so I did a lot of those things, but yeah, I think what I really learned in that sort of first one to three but also one to 12 months was discipline mm. um, and doing things like your prospecting calls and working back to 9 o'clock at night and you know, saying to your friends, oh, hey, I can't come out tonight. And um, I think I had my head really screwed on from the start, which is probably what helped me a lot. Mm. Um, and for me, it's the long long vision. Like I want to do this for 30 years. I don't, I don't, I don't want to be the number one agent by tomorrow. I'm, I'm happy to take time. Mm. Um, I want to learn as much as I can um, and I want to be very disciplined in doing that. So my vision from day one's always been long term, I think it took it took 18 months before I got my first commission check and I was like, oh, a relief, like it's actually <laughs> paid off. That call I did 18 months ago, I just got paid for it today. Yeah. I think that's probably where a lot of people um, find it really tricky is because yeah. you know, the, the, the activity today, you may not see the reward for that for another 12 months. Mm. Um, whereas for me, I always remind myself, okay, this is a long-term goal. This is 30 years. This is not tomorrow. Mm. Um, but in that first three months, yeah, it was long hours. It was sacrifices. I mean, the money as an assistant is terrible mm. to be honest yeah it is. yeah um, but for me that was okay because I knew I wanted to proceed into sales and and begin my sales journey from there so um yeah but calling till nine o'clock at night it was lonely mm. you know and rejection I mean yeah. I think so much rejection Sorry. you know um and someone someone said to me they're not saying no to you they're just saying no to you now and, yeah. and no to yeah. what you're offering um but so much rejection and I think if you can get over that well.
2: mm. it's one of the biggest things you are constantly being told no you kind of you know, as much as you try not to let it get you down. Yeah. And it's the same in our field too, you know, we yeah. have by say no, no, I, I, you know, we're not going to use your services or now's not the time or we're going to wait. <laughs> and you sort of get in this cycle of all these no's and you're like, the yes actually means so much more when you have a hundred no's and then one yes, you're like, oh my gosh, we got a yes, yes you know. Yes. Whereas if you were getting that all the time, yeah. you start to lose sight of the value of it, yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, and it's actually really important to be rejected or to refine as well because mm. there might be, maybe it was the way you said something yeah. in a particular way yeah. or your offering or the way you approached it. So, um, yeah, getting comfortable with rejection I would say is probably key in, in any element of sales or, or real estate because yeah. there's a lot of no's.
1: And sometimes it can take 100 no's to get one yes and yeah. then the 100 no's are, are worth the one yes. I mean, yeah, it's, it's all, yeah, yeah. Um, So it's just a numbers game, isn't it?
2: Yeah, that's the most common thing I'd say. It's just a number. I think everyone on the podcast has said that. It's just a numbers game. It is. Yeah,
1: and every first of the month, back to zero. Yeah. No, it's it, it, it really is.
0: Coming off that with rejection being quite hard to deal with, what was your hardest transaction and why?
1: Yeah, I was really brainstorming in the way and I was thinking, I was trying to think which one do I talk about, which one do I talk about? Um, <laughs> there so
0: many or yeah. oh no 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 No,
1: <laughs> no there's not, trust me. There, there was two, but the first one um was actually the first authority I ever had to my name. Oh. Um it was a piece of land on Oliver's Hill that had the owners have been trying to sell it for four years. Um oh gosh. one of those really it was a triangle, um it was six hundred and eleven square meters, the envelope was like three fifty.
2: Yeah,
1: super tricky to this mm. day. This still not a home on there um but, I, but I, then I had it I had it for sale by owner sign I was like I want that I was like the owner trying to sell it. and they've been trying to sell it for years so I, I, I think I, for six months I'd call them every week I was a mother and a son I was like guys I, I will sell the home and give me the responsibility um I was so hungry I was like I want this it was my first <laughs> one and I remember she came into the office um signed the authority and yeah and that was the first authority I ever had to my name anyway um I think 14 months later we sold it
2: mm-hmm. um
1: we had offers at the start and we ended up Accepting something significantly lower, um, it was such a challenge, and there was, there was objections. You know, well, we're going to try another agent, and you know, and, and all those objections that you mm. face as an agent. Anyway, we sold it, um, and within a week we sold it on. I think it was a Monday. Fell through on Tuesday. Resold it on Wednesday. So it was a, yeah, that was a roller coaster wow. campaign, um, but such a relief, you know, for these clients. I mean, they had they had to sell it, and um, we ended up achieving a premium for them. Mm. But um, yeah, that was probably the trickiest sale I've ever had. Um, when new to the industry, I'd never had a vendor for over 12 months. Yeah. Like, what do I say? Yeah. <laughs> I call them, I've got nothing to tell
2: them. Yeah.
1: I think just yeah, communication, I've found, and that's what I've, one of the biggest things I've learned is communication. You know, even if I don't have something to tell you, I'll call you. Mm. Yeah. I'm always here and you'll never have to call me.
2: Yeah. 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 That's yeah. um, that's a really key part, I think, particularly when you've got vendors waiting on some form of update. If there's no update, just let us know there's no update. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, who was, I'm just trying to think you told me the other day, they were saying if, um, they have a rule that if the client, if I've thought of the client, it's too late. They've already thought of me. So like it's that. always to try and be ahead of the thought process of someone being like, oh, we need to contact them because we need an update. Yeah. Um, I can't remember. I'll find out and put it in the chat. It <laughs> yes. was someone notable. <laughs> I, I, I'm just trying to think who it was. I might have heard it on a podcast or seen it somewhere. Um, but, yeah, that's probably a good principle for everyone in the industry to apply that, you know. Be yeah. on top of it, yeah. Before before they are, you know, calling you. Absolutely, and I think, like,
1: I mean, we're, we're a service provider, so I mean, personally, I've got a very high standard of communication, and, mm. and you know, and that's how we that's how we operate as humans now. So, um, you know, when someone's giving you your biggest asset to sell, mm. I
2: mean,
1: h- h- like, how, how could you not?
2: Mm.
1: Um, and it's one of those industries, like, you know, it's easy, it's easier not to. Mm. Um, but I think yeah, it rewarded well. Yeah, if you've done the job right.
2: In terms of your day to day, um, like. Talking more about systems and processes now. Um, what sort of tools do you use? Like physical tools, but also you know the back end sort of systems. What what programs are you using? What do you find works best?
1: Um, my phone is my number one tool. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's another one. And how could we not? I, someone was saying the other day. Uh, I got a mate who's a trader, and I was saying, oh, you know, we spend ten grand a year on tools, and I thought, well. <laughs> this costs you 150 bucks a month. I mean, yeah. that's such a cheap tool, and, and that's our lifeline. Right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The phone does everything. Yeah. Um. And then day to day, we use um, we use Rex as a CRM, okay, which is yep. awesome. Yeah. Um. Keeps you accountable. Um. You know, you do all your calls through, and it actually integrates with your phone. So yeah, really, really cool system. Um. And and it does keep you accountable. Um. Mm. And from, like I love setting tracks and reminders, and you know, back to what we were saying before. You know, when someone says, "Yeah, give me a call in the next quarter," well, you know. That system mm. keeps you accountable to that. So I've, I've, I've said I'm going to call you next quarter. We'll make sure you do it.
2: Yeah. Um, and having
1: a system like that, which is bulletproof, mm. um, keeps you accountable, keeps you relative as well. Working from home, I, I can't stand it. Mm. I, I'm very and going back to work life balance. This year's probably been a bit of a struggle with that because you know, I'm very much okay when I'm at work, I'm at work, and when I'm at home, I want to be at home. Mm. You know, taking the odd call or message at home, that's fine. But when you leave, when you're walking from your spare bedroom. Your lounge room, your <laughs> like, you just can't escape. <laughs> so, lucky that uh, you know, the, the office is our um, sorry, the car is another office because mm. it really does. And coming up to here today, like it's just it's nice to get out,
2: yeah, yep. nice to see, set, change of scenery, absolutely, and absolutely, yeah. yeah, go for a drive, yeah, definitely, yeah, yeah. The car is certainly it's always a topical one in, in real estate cars, but yeah. it certainly <laughs> is, you know, like you do spend a lot of time in it, so yeah. you know, it's, it's got to be comfortable, it's worth investing in, gotta have Bluetooth, obviously, yeah.
0: <laughs> What are your thoughts on the next up and coming area, and why?
1: It was interesting. I was chatting um, to um, our domain partners, where um, we're a platinum client of domain, and um, Steve. I, I called him on the way. I said, "Steve, I need some. I need some cool stats. Um, <laughs> I've, got, I've got a podcast in <laughs> sixteen minutes. right? He's so good at last minute statistics. So I think that he was saying um, the Mornington Peninsula had no, 850,000 target views in Feb. Yep. We're now over
2: 1.2. <gasps>
1: and the, the criteria search for a home office in, in real estate on the Mornington Peninsula is up 805%. Oh my according God. To the um, so for me, I mean, obviously I'm biased because I live on the Mornington Peninsula. Yeah. And I love it. I live and breathe it. Mm. Um, and I wouldn't want to live anywhere else myself. Mm. Um, but there's so much demand now. We've got, I mean, the news was saying they're expecting um, 150,000 expats coming back to Australia. Mm. Now, if they're looking at that, the peninsula's got so much to offer. Yeah. yeah and still, it's still affordable for what you what you're getting. Yeah. So for me, I think the mortgage peninsula, I think we're going to be we'll continue to be quite tightly held. Um, but I'm so excited mm. you know, for, for, for what you know, for what the next 12 months of real estate has to offer in the, in the peninsula. Yeah. Um, I know there are a lot of pockets around Melbourne that are that are booming and um all that sort of stuff. But I, I think the peninsula has got more to go.
2: Yeah. A lot more. That's um that's some pretty cool stats actually. Yeah. Like very that's amazing. Cool stats. Yeah. yeah.
1: And, and and now home office is more important than ever. I mean people coming from the CBD, there's no, there's not much, as much need to travel to the CBD now. Mm. So having a home office is more important than what it ever has been.
2: Mm, definitely. Um, I've got a question for you that's not on the list actually. Yeah. <laughs> now, now, now I'm just going to throw you a curveball here. No, 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 you, you'll be able to answer it, don't worry. Um, how do you see social media playing out in the real estate space, you know, in the next sort of three to five years?
1: So important. Mm. So, so important. I mean now people shop you before they even call you. Mm. I, I'm, a, I'm a huge advocate for Google reviews and, and the rate my agent mm. um, is so important. I mean when we're looking for takeaway, we look at menu log and sort from highest to lowest rated food and, mm. you know, um, real estate's the same. Yeah, uh, People look for reviews and testimonials and, and, and statistics and what you've sold and what you've got for sale. Um, and in line with social media, I'm, I'm a huge advocate for that mm. and I think that was um, played a huge part in, in last year with winning those awards, um, social media is for me, I, I really enjoy that, um, but I think it's so important as well. Mm. Yeah, you know, Follow your clients, have your clients follow you and be part of your journey too.
2: Yeah. yeah and I know like,
1: you, you two are very prominent on social media too and um, like with the Top Tip Tuesdays, I love those. <laughs> and, and, and they're engaging too. They're short, they're sharp. Um, I think that's what people want. People don't want 10-minute property videos. No. I mean, who wants to watch that? Mm. Get to the point, be sharp and concise with what your message is too. Yeah.
2: Yeah, definitely. Look, I think um, for lots of agents who have sort of gone, oh, social media is not really for me. It's like, well, you, you're going to have to make it for you because you're not going to be an agent for very long. You want to have a know. choice, yeah. yeah. Literally, you need to change and adapt with the times. And I think that's sort of, um, you know, dare I say, a, a divide between old and new school, yeah. the way of operating. And don't get me wrong, old school does work for the for that particular market mm-hmm. um, that they have and the clientele they deal with. But that can only last so long when, you know, this new generation is coming through. First-time buyers are out in full force. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, there's more younger agents entering the market that are hungry, that want to do well. Um, I personally think social media is like you you have to have a real estate social media profile, full stop.
1: Yeah. And what's your opinion on um, separating your personal and your real estate account?
2: Good question. Um, so i i only have I only have a business one. Although I sometimes will share. Um, I'm very careful what I share personally. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's yeah. very high level. Yeah. You know, walking the beach of a morning type of thing. Yeah. Um, as opposed to, uh, mind you, though, I'm not really like that. You know, hashtag selfie person. <laughs> um, but um, that, but that's because business is my life. Yeah. You know, so that's why it's that way. But I do know plenty of people, um, even someone we interviewed earlier today, who has. A real estate profile and has a personal profile yeah
1: you know? yeah and, and i'm the same because i think you know your real estate profile i mean people are hiring you mm. um so you've got to be personal too mm. but appropriate at the same time
0: yeah um
1: and I, like i've got i've got clients on my personal one as well but you, at least you can be more selective yes, yes. whereas like my, my facebook for example that's it's mostly business orientated whereas my personal instagram that's my personal instagram and i think the work one still incorporates some of that because people want to know who, who you are as a as a person, right?
0: Mm, yeah. Um,
1: but you do see some when you really question whether they should be divided <laughs> or not.
0: <laughs> Going off what Emily said, do you find that you've had a lot of people come from your social media profiles to use you as their agent?
1: Yeah, I had a couple. Um, yeah. I do. Um, I've got someone that runs Facebook's Facebook ads for me. Okay. Uh, behind the scenes, um, which has really increased um, like page likes and mm-hmm. page viewability. Um, and I remember once I was at. We had a conference and I had a call from someone and she goes, oh, "I've seen your um, a Facebook post and I want we're going to sell our house." And we listed it. And I thought, like that 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 ten dollars that you spent to boost that yeah. post ended mm-hmm. up in a twelve thousand dollars commission. I thought wow, this is awesome. Yeah. And probably from that point, I, I really saw value in the social media side of things. Mm-hmm. And now yeah, you get Instagram messages and people wanting to buy and sell, and then mm-hmm. turning into long life clients and then putting them into your CRM and keeping on top of them. And yeah, so definitely, definitely.
2: Yeah, return on investment is probably one of the biggest things to try and measure in the social media. Yeah spear uh, and trying to understand, yeah, what do I have to spend, yep. you know, and you've got to spend money to make money. That's, yep. that's how it goes. Absolutely. You can't just, you know, hope that something will reach the right person by nothing behind it. So, yeah.
1: and, and there's, a, like in my opinion, there's a lot of investing required in what we do. Like mm. for me, um, I love gifting people. Um, and they cost money. Yeah. You know, I mean the, the, the companies always pay for your bottle of champagne and your tea towel for the settlement gifts. But for me, I want it to be more personal. I want them to remember me and not to have a branded gift but something that's actually meaningful to them mm. and that's an investment. Um, yeah. A lot won't want to outlay that but for me, I know I'll get that back tenfold down the track. Yeah. That's something I, and, and it makes it makes me feel good. I love gifting people because it's unexpected.
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And the more personalised that can be yeah. rather than a generic you know, I think there's – I've definitely – I mean, I've bought enough properties from, th- from the same umbrella agencies to understand that yeah. not everyone does personal gifting. No. You know, it's, just, it's the same thing that they get. And that, don't get me wrong. I, I don't mean that that's a bad thing, uh, yeah. anyone listening who does that. Yeah. Um, I'm just saying that it goes a lot further when yeah. you actually put your own effort and spin behind it, yeah. you know, for the client. Yeah. yeah. It's,
1: it, you always hear it's all about the one percenters, but it's about the point one percenters, right, mm, mm. in my yeah.
2: opinion? It has been an absolute pleasure speaking to you Thank today. Thank you, guys. Um, I certainly think this episode is probably h- of huge value to people thinking about entering, but also on the flip side, um, people who, who have been long standing and, um, you know, want to hear a bit of a different spin on, on how to operate and yeah. like, what you do. So really appreciate your insights. Um, and thanks so much for being a part of the podcast. Thanks for having us, guys. Okay.